grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us this day is just one verse from our gospel lesson, John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, although Easter was one month ago, our text for this morning takes us back to Holy Week, specifically to Monday, Thursday evening. Jesus is meeting in the upper room with his disciples just hours before he will be arrested, tried, and eventually crucified. And during that meeting, he delivers three pieces of devastating information to them in the verses just before our text. He says one of them is going to betray him. He says he is going to leave them and go away. And he says that Peter is going to deny him three times before the rooster crows. And then the very next words out of his mouth, are the first words in our gospel lesson for today. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled? How could their hearts be anything but troubled after what he has just told them? And yet, Christ would say the very same thing to you this morning. Let not your hearts be troubled. As you sit here this morning, there may well be things on your mind and on your heart that are troubling you, finances, family, friends, health, job. All of these things and many more things can be troubling to us. Or perhaps it's a particular sin or sins that are weighing heavy on your heart and mind something that you have done or some good thing that you could have done that you just didn't bother to do. Let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. But just as important as hearing Jesus say, let not your hearts be troubled, is understanding the reason why our hearts should not be troubled. Notice Jesus doesn't turn the disciples back to themselves and say, just dig down deep inside and muster up more courage and everything will be just fine. He doesn't turn them to one another and say, just stick together and encourage one another and everything's going to be just fine. He doesn't heap out empty phrases such as, everything's going to be fine in the end, or time heals all wounds. No, instead, he turns the disciples to himself and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, but the way to what? The way to where? The way to whom? He is the way to the Father. And to say that he is the way to the Father is to acknowledge that we are somehow separated from the Father at our conception and birth, that we need a way back 
to the Father. It is to admit that at our very conception, there is a huge chasm of sin that stands between us and our Heavenly Father. And notice Jesus didn't say, I am a way, or I am one of many ways to the Father. He said, I am the way to the Father. It is the exclusive claim of Christianity. Indeed, it is the exclusive claim of Christ himself, that there are not many ways to the Father, only one way. He is the way. No one comes to the Father except through him. And by the grace of God, we know the way to the place where Jesus is going. Because we know the way, and we know the one who is the way. Shortly after our text takes place, Jesus makes his way to the Garden of Gethsemane, where he will voluntarily be arrested, later on tried, and eventually crucified as a result of our sin. And in so doing, he removes that great chasm of sin that stood between us and the Father. He reconciles us or brings us back to the Father once again. Our hearts are not troubled because we know the one who is the way. And our hearts are also not troubled because we know the one who is the truth. How refreshing as we live in a world that seemingly all around us has nothing but lies and untruths. News stories that after further investigation turn out to be completely untrue. Television commercials that have so much fine print at the bottom that you can't possibly read it all. Radio commercials that end with a verbal disclaimer that's so fast you can't possibly hear it and understand it. Telephone scams, email scams, people who are willing to lie right to your face in order to sell you a product or a service. Add to that the one whom Jesus identified as a liar and the father of lies, Satan himself, He's the one who lied to our first parents, saying, you surely will not die if you eat of the fruit of that tree. And he has plenty of lies to tell us as well, if we are willing to listen. The lie that accumulating enough things in this world will bring lasting and meaningful happiness. The more we accumulate, the happier we will be. The lie during difficult times in life that perhaps God doesn't really love you as much as you think. Just look at what's happening in your life. Or the lie that perhaps some of God's teachings are old-fashioned, no longer apply to us, no longer are useful for us, especially when they clash with what other people are believing and saying. How refreshing in the midst of all this to know that there is one who will never lie to us, one who will never deceive us. Notice again, he doesn't say that he is a truth or one of many truths. 
he says he is the truth. And so we can believe him when he says in our gospel lesson for today, in my Father's house there are many rooms or many dwelling places. We can believe him when he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And we can believe him when he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will return and take you to be with me, that where I am, there you may be also. Our hearts are not troubled this morning because we know the one who is the way, the one who is the truth, and the one who is the life. He is life in the midst of death. He has come and has given us life, abundant life, eternal life. And that fact gives our life right here and now new meaning and new purpose. We live no longer to serve ourselves, but rather to serve him who has died and rose again for us. We live no longer for ourselves, but for him. And today, as a nation, we pause and give thanks to God for the person in our lives who has embodied and lived those very qualities or characteristics, our mom. Thanking God for using our mother to give us that gift of physical life to begin with, and if your circumstances are or were like mine, thanking God for a mother who, along with your father, brought you to the baptismal font, where God washed away all of your sin and made you an heir of eternal life. Thanking God for a mother who continued to nurture that baptismal faith in your life by reading you Bible stories. Thanking God for a mother who taught you to pray and prayed with you at night before bedtime or before meals. And if she is still alive, is probably still praying for you even this very day. A mother who is used by God to calm our troubled hearts more often than we can recount or remember. It's not with troubled hearts, but with thankful hearts this day that we thank God for the gift of our mother. The world-renowned evangelist Billy Graham once told a story of an incident that happened in the life of Albert Einstein as Albert Einstein was on a train leading away from Princeton University. The conductor came into the train car and was collecting each passenger's ticket and punching it and giving it back to the passenger. He came up to Albert Einstein, and Albert Einstein was searching through all of his pockets, opened up his briefcase and was rifling through it, and could not find his ticket. After a minute or so, the conductor said, Dr. Einstein, don't worry about it. I know who you are, we all know who you are, and I'm sure you have a ticket. And the conductor went on. As the conductor got to the end of the car, he turned around and saw that Albert Einstein was down on his hands and knees, looking under his own seat, between the seats, and under the seat in front of him. The conductor smiled and came back to him and said, Dr. Einstein, I, I said, don't worry. I know who you are, we all know who you are, 
and I'm sure you bought a ticket. Einstein stood up and said to him, young man, I too know who I am, but I forgot where I'm going. <laughs> well, by the grace of God, each of us this morning knows exactly who we are. We are people with whom God is now pleased by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And we are people who haven't forgotten where we are going. We know exactly where we are going. Jesus tells us in our gospel lesson for today, to that place, that room in our Father's house in heaven. And this morning our hearts are not troubled because by the grace of God, we know the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.